Welcome to the next podcast in Millinery Info. I'm your host, Lauren Ritchie. Thank you for joining me for today's episode with Laura Dunnington. Laura is the designer and milliner behind the label Contempermental, a brand based in Melbourne, Australia. Laura was the winner of the 2021 Melbourne International Millinery Competition, also known as MIMSI, and the Masters of Millinery section at the Royal Melbourne Show in 2019. Thank you to our wonderful podcast sponsors for making this episode possible. Be Unique Millinery, Hatters Millinery Supplies, The Millinery Association of Australia, Catherine Cherry Millinery, Hat Academy, The Essential Hat, Hat Atelier, Louise McDonald Milliner, That Millinery, Hass of Dawn, Lifted Millinery, Hat Mags, and Hat Language. You can find a link to each of these businesses in our show notes, which you can find in your podcast app or on our website. If you've been enjoying the podcast series, I'd like to invite you to show your support through becoming a Patreon. We have two tiers, our podcast sponsors or our supporters. You can find out more and sign up at www.patreon.com forward slash millinery info. I hope you enjoy this episode with Laura. Laura Dunnington. Contemporary Millinery. Welcome. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. Congratulations on your recent win at the MIMSI competition. Thank you very much and thanks for interviewing me. Um, could you tell us, let's start off with the winning hat, a little bit about the winning hat? Uh, so my MIMSI hat uh, is XOX. It's a dove grey fur felt blocked hat um, and it's got a squared crown with an angular brim a black band and it's trimmed with um, fluoro pink trim. Very neatly finished as well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, and it's quite uh, – the prompt for the competition was a little black dress. Yes. Um, how did you work with that theme to produce the hat you ended up making? So when I was designing for the theme little black dress, I was thinking about what it meant for me um, and that it conjured up the ideas that it can be worn to a multitude of events, not necessarily a cocktail function. Um, and that I wanted to make a hat that would make a statement because I think a little black dress gives you the opportunity to be bold with your accessories. Um, and yeah, I just designed and sketched my concept from there. Do you always sketch your pieces before you make? I generally do, but then occasionally I just have a material or something that inspires me and I just work from my head. And does it normally follow the path of the sketch or how flexible is that for you? Sometimes it does and then I think it's pretty fluid. You know, I'm willing to change if I try something out and it's not working, but generally I try to stick to the sketch. Um, So let's jump back a little bit. How did you first become involved in millinery? Uh, Well, after studying photography, I moved to Melbourne to study a diploma of costume. Um, And one of the units in the course was millinery, um, which was taught by Rose Hudson. Um, Rose is a really fantastic teacher and millinery was my favourite unit. Uh, during the course I had to do work experience um, and we received an email one day from the course coordinator about a work experience opportunity at the Essential Hat Um, and I couldn't believe that there was uh, work experience at a milliner's so I responded immediately (laughs) saying that I would love to do the work experience and Catherine from the Essential Hat got back to me and said you know come in and meet me and see what we think and then after that I started doing 
work experience there and it was just the start of my millinery career. So I'm really grateful to Rose and Catherine for helping me find my pathway into millinery. That's an amazing story. And when you were with Rose, was it mostly theatrical millinery you were doing or fashion millinery or how did you get introduced to both those worlds? Um, So it was all theatrical millinery in the costume course um, and then got introduced to fashion millinery through being at the Essential Hat and um, work experience with Catherine there. Yeah. Cool. And work experience didn't just stay work experience for you at the Essential Hat? No, it didn't. After um, more than a year of, you know, learning the basics and doing work experience there, Catherine offered me a job in 2014 working at the Spring Racing Carnival. Um, And it was in that same year that I uh, studied small business management and started my label Contemperamental. Um, tell me a little bit about that, where that name comes from. And it's a, interesting because some milliners use a name and some use another well, let brand. Um, what was that decision like for you and how did you get to Contemperamental? Um, well, I'm, I'm not sure why, but I knew from the start that I didn't want to include my name in my brand. I wanted to have something that was separate but kind of... Uh, evoked the idea of what my millinery is about um and the name itself I think it came from an old tv show that there was something about contemperamentalies or something like that (laughs) in there um and it just really resonated with me and I felt like it was the right name for my brand and what I was trying to achieve and do you make all the branding for that yourself or do you work with a graphic um I worked with a graphic designer uh to create the label so that's Alan Horn um and there was a lot of back and forth in terms of what I was trying to achieve with the look of the logo and what coloring and stuff yeah um, you mentioned there that you had a very strong idea of what your aesthetic was early for your brand. Could you describe what that aesthetic is and what that brand identity means for you? Um, so I would probably describe my millinery aesthetic as sculptural and experimental and quite fluid. And I guess I'm I'm trying to, I don't know, push what I can do and what I can do with the materials and yeah. Well, when I think of your work, you use triangles, which is um, quite geometric. Yeah. And there's a lot of form to it. Mm. It's not, uh, well, you can make quite f- f- soft, flowing, flowing pieces. It's quite structured. Um, yeah, it. I think it depends on the piece. But I think with my background in photography, I kind of, I'm considering the line and the colors and the patterns and textures, um, which I'm sure everyone else is, but yeah, that's really what I'm focusing on when I'm making a piece. Your use of triangles was quite strong in, you won the masters of millinery award at the Melbourne show in 2019. Yes. Um, Tell us a bit about that award-winning piece. <laughs> um, so that piece was called Akimbo, um, and it was a parasitical and cinema hat. Um, that that started with the concept that I'd had for a little while about um, layering the cinema triangles in between uh, other layers of cinema to create 
the multicolored brim. Um, so I found I was able to, um, you know, use the fact that that competition doesn't have a theme to do what something that I'd been thinking about doing. Um, and it was really just about experimenting to achieve the result that I wanted. Do you like working to a brief or do you prefer when it's open slather? Um, both, I think. I really enjoy the themes for the Mimsy competition and I find that sometimes when you are kind of given a particular theme, it maybe makes you think of things that you wouldn't necessarily have before. Um, and I always used, like to use competitions to kind of push what I do with my millinery. You also, um, as well as making fashion hats through the essential hats, you have your own brand, but you also make theatrical pieces as Mm -hmm. well. Tell me a little bit about the projects you get to work on for the theatrical work. Yeah, so I do some um, work for an amazing um, costume and set designer, Emily Barry. Um, So one production that I have regularly worked on for Emily is the Moomba Parade. Um, which this year is running, but not as a parade, more of a as an installation um, due to COVID. Um, and then I also do some costume work for Echelon Productions, who do um, shows in schools for Book Week. Cool. And for those who may not be familiar, could you describe Moomba? Yes. Yeah, so Moomba is all about uh, multicultural Melbourne. Um, it's a celebration of everything that's Melbourne and all the cultures that are within Melbourne. Um, so normally there's a parade at the end of the festival. It's a, it's a weekend-long festival, and then there's a parade at the end that has dance groups and different cultural groups, and it's a great, it's a really fun celebration of Melbourne. And they have a Moomba king and queen, yes. um, which are crowned. Mm-hmm. Have you made the crowns before? <laughs> I have. Um, yeah, it was a really uh, fun experience and, yeah, it's really exciting to see them there at the end of the parade, yeah. So when you're, for that particular project, that's um, Emily's designs, um, how much, how does that collaboration work between the two of you in that scenario? Um, it generally starts with Emily providing a design and then, you know, I'll talk to her about how that design might work as a hat and then there's back and forth about what trims we might use or what colour it might be. Um, so, yeah, it's very much a collaborative process to achieve the look that she's after. And what's one of the craziest pieces you've made for Moomba? Oh, there's been lots of different pieces that I've made, but... Um, One in particular is there was a big uh, popcorn headpiece, which was (laughs) um, almost a wig that had uh, wadding underneath and then lots of pieces of popcorn on top. And then they had a whole um, dance troupe with them that had little popcorn headpieces on. How many popcorn headpieces were there? I think there was about 42. 42 popcorn headpieces. Yep, a lot of popcorn. That's a very innovative use of materials. What's uh, what's one of the funniest or most challenging materials you've worked with to make a hat out of? Um, for Moomba, a lot of it is about sourcing and then, 
you know, reinventing um, things. So there was a lot of um, soldier hats, which were already a blocked shape, but then we reinvented them by completely covering them in glitter and re-trimming them. Um, so I think a lot of the time it's just about thinking outside the box with materials that you wouldn't necessarily have chosen at the start. Yeah. That's cool. And for your millinery, um, do you feel brand temperamental? Do you make collections or how do you structure your making under your label? Um, I like to do collections. Um, I try and do a biannual collection, um, and I generally come up with a theme or a concept or maybe sometimes it's inspired by a particular material and then I work from there and sketch out some ideas. Um, where are you making at the moment? Do you have a studio space or are you working in someone else's studio? Where do you make these pieces? Um, generally, I work in my studio space from home. So it's just a um, home studio, which is nice and light-filled but also quite chaotic when I'm actually working in it because I just have materials and blocks and things pulled out as inspiration yeah (laughs) and does it do you have like systematic I know work I work of like I'll make a huge mess and then before I start the next one I have to clean up um how do you work in terms of that is it just like a push through to the end of a project or how, how does that flow work for you absolutely I start by pulling out all the materials that I could possibly need for the current <laughs> project. And then they sit there while I work on things. Um, and then, yeah, I definitely need a clean slate when I move on to the next project, have to clean up and start again. With your photography background, how does that influence how you approach making pieces or what you're thinking about when you're designing a piece? Um, I think probably just in terms of, the lines and balance um, and maybe in terms of space as well. Um, I'm thinking about the negative space as well as, you know, the balance of everything. So I think, yeah, I think it has heavily affected my millinery. Um, What's a a handy hint that you have for the workroom? Lists. Lists. <laughs> Tell us about lists. <laughs> I don't think I could function without lists because it just helps me clear my head and work out what what's the next task and, you know, everything that I've got going on. It helps you to balance and multitask. Yeah. So how, how detailed do your lists end up getting? Um, fairly detailed. I generally write, you know, a general list and then maybe a list for the day of things that I want to achieve, which, you know, I don't know if I've ever got to the end of, but <laughs> it's, it's usually pretty helpful. What is your favorite millinery tool? I would say maybe a pair of pliers Yes. or a block. Any particular block? No, because I think that you can start from one block shape and alter it so no particular block um the stitch you use most in your work hmm on your xoxo piece you had um 
I would describe it as like a marching stitch or like a, it was the running stitch that had the cross yeah. on it. The um, accuracy in that stitching was, I don't know if you had it marked out on your thumb or what, but it was amazing the um, the accuracy of the stitching. So it suggests to me a lot of hand sewing. <laughs> yeah, I do. And I really enjoy hand sewing. I find it quite therapeutic. Um, yeah, for my Mimsy piece, I did... I, th- I had actually marked that out because <laughs> I like to go by eye, but I think for something where you want to be really precise, yeah, I needed to mark that out. Within your millinery training through Rose and the Essential Hat, what was something that surprised you about the processes? Well, I think initially the fact that I had never even thought about making hats as a career, <laughs> so that for a start I was blown away by the fact that you could do that as a career um and that was very exciting to me um something that surprised me maybe how long it can take to place a trim yes (laughs) what do you reckon is the record time length of time you've been debating a trim maybe a whole day And, and and it's the thing that always gets you because you think, oh, I can do that in an hour. I'll have that trim placed and ready to stitch. And then when it's not quite working, yeah. It's a very good one. <laughs> Your favourite millinery material to work with? I think probably wire just because you can do so many things with it. But then, I don't know, it's hard because... I also like things like Paris cloth and parasizal and <laughs> felts. So all of them, but <laughs> just on wire. <laughs> and where did you learn your wire techniques from? Um, we did a little bit of wire work in the diploma of costume um, with Rose. And then from there, I kind of just experimented and developed my own way of working what are some events that you've got to participate with your own brand um so the other year i participated in raw which is a showcase for independent artists um and you get to collaborate with a a makeup artist and also a hairstylist if you wanted to so i was part of that with um two amazing artists um Yeah, and got to do a runway show based on my millinery. So, um, yeah, it was a really fun collaborative process. And did you get to lead the styling on that with the two creatives? Yeah, so uh, basically it started with me showing them what designs I was going to bring to the runway and then we discussed what we thought might work in terms of hair and makeup. And then um, I also styled the models for the runway. What's an upcoming project you're looking forward to working on? Um, Well, I'm currently working on a winter collection, which I'm looking forward to presenting. I'm also working on Moomba at the moment, which is going to be an installation piece. Um, so that's coming up in April, mid-April. Um, yeah, so I'm just finishing off the pieces for that at the moment. That'll be 
amazing. Look mm. forward to seeing that. Thank you so much for joining me for today's podcast, Laura. It was wonderful to talk cats with you. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Millinery Info with Laura Dunnington. I'd like to thank our Patreon podcast sponsors. Hat Language, Be Unique Millinery, Hatter's Millinery Supplies, The Millinery Association of Australia, Catherine Cherry Millinery, Hat Academy, The Essential Hat, Hat Atelier, Louise McDonald Milliner, That Millinery, House of Adorn, Lifted Millinery, and Hat Mags. You can find a link to each of their business in our show notes, either through your podcast app or on our website. We really appreciate the support of this podcast series. You or your business could show your support of Millinery Info by becoming a Patreon. There are two tiers available, a podcast sponsor, and this starts from $15 per month. This means that your business or event is mentioned in our podcast, just like the ones before. Link included on the Millinery Info website and in the monthly newsletter. There's another option, which is our supporter tier, and this starts from $5 per month. It's for those who would like to more quietly show their support, but ensure that we can keep producing the content for Millinery Info. If you have any questions about becoming a Patreon, I'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, you can visit www.patreon.com forward slash millinaryinfo to sign up. I'm your host, Lauren Ritchie, and thank you for joining me for this episode. I look forward to talking hats with you again soon.